And now it's time for the PBC Podcast, brought to you by Chris Lorenzo and Friends. Who you got? Hello and welcome to another episode of the PBC Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lorenzo, joined today by Connor Donovan and Nick Macera. Today we wanted to talk about the Euros and the round of 16 knockout games. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so a uh, quick little group stage recap and our thoughts on that. Um, for Group A, uh, Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey. Nick and Chris, your takeaway from that group? I mean, I was by far surprised that Turkey couldn't even get a point. For me personally, I thought Turkey was a sleeper team. They had a young core, and I thought they could make uh, make it past group stages, but... I was wrong, com- completely wrong. And, you know, I was actually very surprised by Italy and the fact that they didn't even concede a goal throughout the whole, uh, the whole group stages. I mean, they were firing away goals like it was nothing. So I still, I, I'm still not sure if they're, they're going to win it all, but they definitely surprised me. Yeah, I mean, Italy definitely surprised me. I mean, I'm very Italian. I love to see that. But I, I thought they had a, a lot of people were talking about them before the tournament saying like, oh, they could be good. But I think they proved they are good. And with some injuries to Belgium, I think they can win it all. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I agree about Italy. Um, I think manager Roberto Mancini has been quietly building a strong young core to this Italian side of the past two years or so. And I think that uh, coming into this tournament that all the gears are really clicking for this Italian side. So I think they have a fantastic midfield. I mean, Locatelli's been outstanding. Um, In terms of the second place finisher, Wales in the group, I was really happy to see them make it out. I think they really kind of figured out their front three situation, having uh, Daniel James on the right with Gareth Bale on the left and Kiefer Moore through the middle of the park. So I think it was really nice to see Wales qualify again, although they couldn't replicate their magic from last year's. Uh, and then Switzerland making it out as a third-place team with uh, four points instead of the three points for uh, Finland. So they get through into the knockouts. Uh, moving on to Group B, uh, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Your thoughts, guys? Nick, you can go. Um, I mean, this one was pretty much what I expected. Belgium, clearly clear top of the group. Um, I was also surprised by Russia. I mean, I thought they would get through, but they unfortunately for them did not. And then Denmark, you know, I, I thought that they were going to be number two because they do have a pretty solid lineup um, for this group that would definitely push them through. So um, it's pretty much what I expected from this group outside of Russia. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty much what we expected. Um, But yeah, like Nick said, it was very what you expected with this group. I mean, Belgium, nine points, obviously going to beat these teams. They're they're one of the best teams and you could argue the best team. Now France is gone, but. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously the talk of the tournament out of this group, right. Was Christian Eriksen and everything that had happened. Um, when he collapsed in their opening game against uh, Finland. Um, So I think I was really worried for this Denmark team, actually. Um, After watching that happen, I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to kind of pull it together and come back from that as a unit. 
Um, credit to them. They totally did. Um, they held their own against Belgium when they played them, um, but then got the job done on the final match day against Russia. So I think it was really impressive to see Denmark kind of come together as a unit and get themselves together and get out of the group. And now potentially are going to be semifinalists. So uh, moving on to group C where we had Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, and North Macedonia. Nick, you first, what are your thoughts on this group? Um, so, I mean, me personally, I felt like this was probably the weakest group in the tournament. Um, I think that Netherlands was obviously the clear cut favorite with this one with their extremely young, talented squad. You see, you know, you got guys like Delict leading the charge, um, in the back. Um, and you got, you got some, some, uh, some hype around Austria. They were able to get two wins, but obviously you saw, we saw them lose in the first round of the round 16. So, I mean, there's not really much to say about this group. It's kind of a, a boring group if you ask me. Um, but, yeah, that, that's uh, that's all I have to say about this one. Yeah, pretty boring group. I mean, North Macedonia, anytime they make it, you know, that group's going to be – the other team's going to get three free wins. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think I agree with you guys. I, I mean, Netherlands were definitely the clear-cut favorites for this one. Um, I don't know that I would say it's, it wasn't an exciting group because I think Netherlands-Ukraine was arguably the game of the tournament going into the knockout stages um, or, you know, the other one being like France-Germany perhaps. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, Austria did a fantastic job to come in second in that group over Ukraine. Um I think Marcel Sabitzer had a fantastic tournament for Austria. Uh, Stefan Leiner has been showing out on the right back position. Um, and Jeannie Wijnaldum for the Netherlands has really just kind of carried that team to first in the group and kind of established their position in the knockout stages. Uh, moving on to group D where we had England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. Your thoughts guys. Yeah, for me, this was certainly an interesting group. You know, I was surprised, but Croatia, I thought they would definitely get more points. I even thought that they could win this group, to be honest. I mean, they have a talented squad. I mean, you see, obviously, you know, you guys got like Perisic, Modric, those guys. But, I, I you know, I, they obviously did not win this group. You know, they had some shaky results, especially against um, Czech Republic. Um and Scotland and you know the lower the lower tier guys, um, but you know I think what happened is that you know guys like Modric are getting old and they're they're not what they were when they made that finals run um, a couple of years back, and I'm actually happy to see England win win the group. Um, I definitely want to see England make a make a run in this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I mean, England has a ton of talent and they got some home games, which I think, I don't know how fair that is, but <laughs> they got to take advantage. And like Croatia, like Nick said about Croatia, they're a very good team, a little bit old, but um, Scotland, obviously the minus four goal differential and the four points for Croatia and Czech allowed them both to get through because you kind of need four. You can't really have three if you want to get through. And if you have three, you have to have a good goal differential. But yeah, props to them for all making it to the next round. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think the Scotland squad that came in fourth actually in this group was really impressive. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think it was they had a disappointing opening game to Czech Republic. Um, you know, obviously with David Marshall getting chipped from 50 yards plus by Patrick Schick. Um, but then I think they bounced back nicely with that draw against England, the scoreless draw. It was really disappointing for the three Lions, but I think Scotland kind of really looked at that as a win. Um, and then going into the last, going into the final match day against Croatia, I think they got really unlucky when uh, Billy Gilmore caught COVID because Billy Gilmore is having an outstanding tournament for the Scotland team. And for them to lose him for that final group game against Croatia was, I mean, a pivotal moment in their group uh, campaign. But uh, I think not a surprise to see England win the group here. I think they have a lot of talent through that roster. I could have seen Croatia finishing first with England's habit of not winning their first group game, but, you know, props to them for getting the job done and coming in first in the group. Uh, moving on to Group E with Sweden, Spain, Slovakia, and Poland. Your takeaways, Nick. Um, this was another surprising group for me, as you know, as, as we see Sweden top the group. Um, obviously, for me, I thought that Spain was a clear cut um, top uh, to to finish top of the group. Um, they got a they got a young squad as long as well as experience in that squad, so. I felt like that would mesh them well. Um, and then another surprise for me is Poland. You know, you look like a guy like Lewandowski, um, probably arguably the best striker in the world. Obviously, you know, it's a team game you can't carry. But Poland still has some solid players. But I definitely think that they should have finished with more than a point. Um, but, yeah, what do, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean – I thought Spain was going to win this group too. I didn't think they were clear cut to win it because I feel like they're a very inconsistent team. And we've seen that. And people before the tournament, when I was listening to some soccer podcasts, were talking about how inconsistent they're going to be. And they were right. But Poland was very big disappointment for me. I Obviously, like you said, Lewandowski can't score 50 goals and bring them to the top of the group. But I thought they would at least be able to come in third and have a decent goal differential and qualify. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, I think especially with Poland, we saw the difference, right, between Lewandowski with Poland and Lewandowski with Bayern, where you have Lewandowski at Bayern, who's this free-scoring machine because he has all these great services being played into him by his Bayern teammates. And then he gets to the Poland national team, and he doesn't have those prime services being played into him day in and day out. And you see the result, right? Um, only four goals for, for Poland in the group, six against a minus two goal differential and only one point managed. So yeah, it was a really disappointing showing from this Poland squad. Um, I think big props to Sweden in this group. Uh, I think they were really dominant in their play actually, and deserved first, first place in the group over the Spain squad. Um, you know, I think Sweden, especially Alexander Isak for Sweden, has had a fantastic tournament. Uh, Emil Forsberg has been free scoring. Uh, they just got Kulisevsky back recently from COVID. So um, it was really disappointing to see Sweden go out to Ukraine in the knockouts because I think they've really had a solid tournament. Um, going on to Group F, final group, Group of Death. Nick, your thoughts on the Group of Death between France, Germany, Portugal, and Hungary? 
Yeah, I mean, this, this was definitely a, a crazy group. I mean, just the fact that Hunger was able to scavenge two points, in my opinion, that was uh, pretty interesting to see from the big dogs of this tournament, France, Germany, and Portugal, arguably three of the best teams in the tournament. You know, you can make a case for all three of them winning. Obviously, you know, Portugal won the previous one. Um, you know, a lot of draws, which is pretty much what I expected. I didn't expect um, a lot of wins because these teams are so closely matched up together. Um, and I, I think that this was, this was definitely my favorite group to watch, for sure. Yeah, mine too. But uh, I feel like France, honestly, like I'm a big fan of watching – like great football and obviously that's what they do but i feel like this whole tournament they didn't really do that i mean obviously they got knocked out and whatever but i feel like they don't didn't deserve to keep going the way they were playing they have too much talent to be in a close game with switzerland and just go to penalties and whoever anyone can win in penalties but they're much better than switzerland they, they should always beat switzerland like i don't know they were just disappointing to me yeah i think I think for as much talent and as much depth as this France squad had that they were actually extremely underwhelming in this tournament. Um, going into the knockouts, you know, they had the one nothing win against Germany, but it was an own goal that got them the breakthrough. They didn't break through themselves. They got an own goal. Um, and then the matchup with Portugal, France looked better, but they needed time to wake up in that game before they played better. And then the draw with Hungary, 1-1 draw with Hungary. I mean, for as much talent and depth as that France squad has, they shouldn't have been tying with teams like Hungary. And they deservedly got knocked out by a, a team lower than them like Switzerland. So um, that concludes the uh, wrap-up of the group stages. So let's move on to those uh, round of 16 matchups. All right, yeah. So the first one, we had Denmark defeat Wales for nothing. So Denmark had eight shots on goal compared to just one for Wales. And Harry Wilson picked up a red card for a late frustration foul. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was nice to see Denmark dominate this game. Uh, I mean, Andres Christensen with an absolute rocket a center back scoring absolute rockets like that, it's going to be a good day for your team. Um, and it was nice definitely, to see this. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Nick. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, they're definitely a contender for goal of the season. I mean, goal of the tournament. Sorry. For sure. Um, the dramatic run for Denmark continues for Christian Eriksen. And I think that I, the entire footballing world would love to see them make it to a semifinal. And then in our next game, we had Italy defeat Austria 2-1. to one. Italy had a whopping 27 shots in this game. And the ball seemed to be on Austria's half for most of the game. Whenever I uh, looked up, the ball was on their side. Um, I think it was really nice to see Federico Chiesa come on for Italy and put in an absolute super sub performance. Uh, the goal that he scored was absolutely fantastic control to bring it down with his head take it down one touch off the bounce and then smash it far post. It's absolutely fantastic goal. Yeah. And, and it ended zero zero after the 90 minutes and uh, Austria also had a goal disallowed by VAR. No surprise there. Typical VAR taking away goals. <laughs> yeah. It was also, uh, 
it was also a really anxious and nervy spell for Italy as it started to get late in the game and it was still scoreless. Um, I think that they, you know, were used to cruising through those group games, three, nothing, three, nothing, one, nothing. And I think they just weren't prepared to have a close game like this against Austria. They were expecting to just roll over him again. Yeah, exactly. Like Connor said, it was surprising score line. Many people predicted two or three, nothing. And I, I agree with that. That's what I would have thought would have happened. And then we got uh, Czech Republic beating Netherlands two to nothing. Yeah, and I mean, what was Matisse Delict doing, thinking that he could slap the ball intentionally with his hand through his legs and not get a red card for denying a goal scoring opportunity? I mean, that was just that was some of the most horrific defending that I've seen from him, um, and I think it was a display of his youth and inexperience by deciding to handball that intentionally. Yeah, and like you said earlier, Connor Schick staying hot, scoring scored another goal for uh, his country. Um, I definitely making a case for player of the tournament. I think without him, they definitely would not be in this situation or even they would have gotten past the group stage is my opinion. Yeah, and I think uh, I think clearly what was on display also with Patrick Schick kind of cutting the Netherlands defense apart this game was just how big of a hole not having Virgil van Dijk is for the Netherlands. I think the absence of van Dijk has proved too big a hole for them to fill, especially with somebody like Delict who's young and a good defender but still has inexperience, and they just needed that rock-solid leader of van Dijk in the back. Yeah, and as a former defender watching the second goal, it was just terrible defense. I mean, they let Schick run right in front of him, and he's had a wide-open shot on goal, one-on-one with the goalie. Yeah, and to me, it was very disappointing to see, you know, a strong, young team like the Netherlands that also had a lot of hype and promise around them lose to the Czech Republic. I mean, I felt that the Netherlands on paper definitely should have won this, but I think that, you know, since Schick is so hot, that um, definitely helped the check and is pretty much the reason why they were able to get through along with obviously the red card to delay because he's arguably the best defender they got back there. And once he goes down and they're with 10 men, it's pretty much game over for the Dutch. And we had Belgium outlast Portugal one to nothing. Portugal had 24 shots, uh, five on goal compared to six shots and one on goal for Belgium. Yeah, but all it takes is that one shot on goal for to make something happen. It was an absolutely brilliant strike from Thorgan Hazard from the left side of the field, hit it across his body with some outside spin to the far post. Just an absolutely brilliant strike, crushed it. And Ronaldo was visibly frustrated after the game, throwing his armband in disgust. And he's 36 years old, so how many more chances do you think he's got? Not many at this point. I mean, I, I feel like that that's absolutely pathetic that you throw your armband like that. I mean, you know, we saw Xhaka did that with Arsenal in the outcry. But, you know, since Ronaldo's Ronaldo, there's, there's no outcry. There's no uh, there's no uh, no disgust from fans. But, of course, uh, Ronaldo preferential treatment, put that out there. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's I think it's really dis- disrespectful to the armband in general for all captains when you have somebody like Ronaldo who's been a leader for years um kind of throwing a fit, throwing a tantrum and throwing his armband on the ground like come on, grow up. Um De Bruyne and Eden Hazard are now both doubtful, however, to be fit for the quarterfinal matchup with Italy, which is going to be a massive problem for this Belgium side. Eden Hazard, I think they can get away with. I don't think they need him that much. I think Thorgan Hazard's been playing really well and can fit in his place. Um, De Bruyne, however, is a really costly loss if he's not going to be available for this Belgium side. Then we had Spain beat Croatia five to three. Yeah, so uh, Pasalic found a way to send the game's extra time by scoring in stoppage time. Um, there was two, two, two goals in extra time for Spain. It was an absolute thriller of a game. Emotional roller coaster for Spain fans. Spain dominated the possession 64%, and they also had eight corners compared to just one for Croatia, so that was big. Yeah, and it was nice to see that Spain finally seemed to have found their stride when it comes to finding the back of the net. I mean, from not being able to score much in their group games to now scoring five games against a solid Croatia side, props to them. Then Switzerland upset France 5-4 in penalties in the upset of the tournament. Yeah, it was definitely upset of the tournament for me. Um, I mean, this Switzerland side should not be beating France any day of the week. So, for sure, upset of the tournament. Pogba's strike was absolutely brilliant to put France up 3-1, and it looked like they were on on their way to the next round, but we all know what happened. And, of course, Kareem Benzema, he had two goals in two minutes. Um, You know, they weren't beautiful goals, but they were absolutely crucial for... Uh, France getting some momentum back after going down 1-0 in the first half. Yeah, and how about uh, how about for Switzerland? Normally you expect guys like Shakiri or Granajeka to step up, um, but you got guys like Seferovic, Gavranovic, and Jens Sommer, actually, who came to the rescue this time for Switzerland in the penalty shootout, especially with Sommer. Yeah, and Switzerland was down 3-1 after 80 minutes, but they got those two quick goals to send it to extra time, and all they needed was a small chance. All they needed was that spark. Then we had England uh, defeat Germany two to nothing. Yeah, this was definitely another uh, another shock score. I think I was definitely expecting uh, Germany to step up and kind of take this game away from England here. I think England weren't tested enough in the group stages, and I think they were running into their first real test here with Germany. So nice to see them prevail in their first real test. The game was pretty even till about the last 15 minutes when Sterling scored. Possession was even, shots were about even, and so were the corners. And then, like Connor said before, Germany once again may make it fail to make it deep in the tournament. I mean, honestly, for a, a world class side of Germany, you know, the young talent they have, they should definitely be making it farther uh, than than this. I mean, obviously, England's a solid side, but. I still expect better results from Germany. And then finally, we had Ukraine defeat Sweden 2-1. to one. Marcus Danielson with the red card in the 98th minute probably cost them the game. Yeah, and then uh, 
Ukraine just, you know, finally won it in injury time of extra time. Um, only made it out of the group with three points and a goal differential of minus one. So I think it was definitely, you could call it an upset to see Ukraine take down Sweden, who finished first place in their group. Um, I think Emil Forsberg was really unlucky to hit the post and the crossbar with two fantastic strikes that both had the goalkeeper beat and just watching the ball. So really unlucky for Forsberg. He could have easily put Sweden up 3-1, 3-0 on the day. And Sweden definitely looked like the better side in, um, in this match, in this game. Um, but they just couldn't seem to find the back of the net. All right, real quick, we're going to do projections for the next round. So Spain versus Switzerland. Um, so for me, I, Spain should win this matchup on paper. The momentum is certainly with the Swiss after knocking out the favorites. Um, Spain has been very inconsistent and definitely has a history of being inconsistent. Um, with this tournament, so I will not be surprised if Switzerland get past Spain. I'm going to go with Switzerland. Uh, Spain has been inconsistent, and Switzerland just has a ton of momentum, and I think they're just going to ride that momentum one more game. I can see how the two of you can say that you might see Switzerland continuing their run after taking out the favorites. I just don't think they have the depth in their squad to continue taking down colossal teams like France and Spain in back-to-back games. Uh, especially since Spain have seemed to found their groove in front of goal now and will likely already be dominating the ball. I'm going to stick with Spain. Italy versus Belgium. Um, with KDB being injured, I have to take the red-hot Italians to win this one. The Italians are solid defensively and offensively. They've got a Mobley leading the attack and have experienced vets like Benucci in, in defense. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I had Belgium to win it all before the round of 16, but with these injuries to De Bruyne and Hazard, De Bruyne probably being the best player left in the tournament, got to go with Italy. Yeah, um, I think not having Eden Hazard is not that big of a deal for Belgium. Not having Kevin De Bruyne, however, is a different story. The Belgians definitely need De Bruyne, especially for those prime services and to Lukaku's feet. The Italians, like Nick said, are red hot right now, so this one's going to be a very exciting matchup. With France out, however, I think Belgium have the depth in their side to go all the way and potentially win Euro 2020. Now we have Czech Republic versus Denmark. Um, I would love to see Denmark get to, to the next round for Christian Eriksen, and after seeing what happened to him, I would love to see a run from the Danes. Yeah, I agree. Denmark's playing with a ton of heart, and the whole the whole team and the whole world are rooting for them. So why not advance to the semifinals? Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, imagine the scenes in Copenhagen if the Danes make it to the Euro semifinals after having their star player collapse on the field. Uh, Czech Republic shouldn't be estimated, however. I mean, Patrick Schick is in piping hot form right now. But I'm definitely going to stick with the underdog Danes in this one. I just want to see that emotion pour over the entire footballing world. Next, we have England versus Ukraine. Um, England should cruise through this game without a problem after handing Germany a 2-0 loss. They are riding high, and I can honestly see this being a 4-0 domination. I agree. I think England should dominate. I don't know about 4 nothing, but this should be an easy victory, and they have way too much talent not to make this at least a 3 nothing game. On paper, yes. England should definitely cruise through this game with no problems at all. However, this is the three lines we're talking about, and that's typically not the way they take care of business. It's going to be a close game, and Ukraine are going to fight with everything they have left to keep their run alive. 
I'm going to say it's going to be another one of these one nothing and Sterling scores affairs. All right. So last part of our show is, in your opinion, who you think it's going to who you think is going to win it all. So Nick, you go first. I think England has an easy road to the final, so I'm going to go with the three lines. Obviously, um, they have a tendency of messing things up, as Connor pointed out. So there's always that. But since they have an easy road and they have so they have momentum after beating Germany. Um, I think it's coming home. I mean, I think that Italy are going to win it all just because of the recent injury news to Belgium. I had Belgium, but I think the winner of that game, you can't go wrong with picking either one of them with how good they both looked and how good they are. All I can say for sure is it's definitely not coming home. If the Belgians can make it past the Italians, they're going to win the entire thing. There really isn't a team in this tournament left that can keep up with the depth of this Belgium side besides Italy. So this quarterfinal matchup might decide who wins the entire tournament. Thank you all for listening to the PBC Sports Podcast. Be sure to tune into our next episode.